0: Hi, and welcome to the Overflow podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, lead pastor of Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida. And we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith so you experience the goodness of God and the greatness of your unique voice in his kingdom. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at overflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and it's accompanying devotional on amazon.com. Yes, I think we're...
1: We got it. All right. Um, Well, welcome. We'll try to be not brief. Uh, when we were with our leader, uh, hold on one second let me let me get this going. All right when we were with our leader Ken uh, in Africa he would get ready to preach and he would just say, ooh I feel a preach coming on So I'm just going to tell you church, we feel a preach coming on so uh, thank you for the time allotment you gave us I think it'll be sufficient. Um, I want to start uh, in prayer so... Father, we just thank you so much for this time. We know you've got things that you desire to do today. And so we're just going to let you do them. It's just that simple. We come into agreement with your spirit right now. We surrender our plans, our desires, our agenda, whatever time a football game starts. We just submit that to you, Lord. (laughs) And we thank you for the work that you long to do That is greater than any football game or team or win or success or failure. We praise you, Father, uh, for you are worthy of all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't even know if anybody's playing today.
0: Yeah, Football Sunday. Football
1: Sunday. Okay. So uh, we're going to, like, tag team this. I feel so taller than you. Okay. (laughs) We're going to tag team this uh, thing, so you're going to get some insight into how we communicate and care for each other and share the gospel and our testimonies and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've got some things that I think are important for our agreement here because we come as evangelists, and so it's important that we know that Mickey and I hold the office of evangelist here at Overflow Church, So we have a greater measure of this grace gifting. We've been in this series about the the giftings and the grace giftings. And it's important that we know that because the purpose of that is to equip you in a greater measure into that grace. If you, though, look at us and say, wow, I could never do that, then you've rejected the grace that God has given us to dispense to you. The fact is that what you see is Christ in us. And Christ in you is going to look different, and that's a good thing. Because as Christ in you develops, it increases what God has given us, and it makes us run faster and go further and become more resourceful and find better tools and know how better to equip you. So it's important that we don't uh, push back on the things that make us uncomfortable. So if we have your agreement in the room, I'm just going to ask you to recognize... And agree with me after I say this. That it is necessary for my maturing and vital for the expansion of God's kingdom. Evangelism is equal to all other graces. People get real nervous about this one. They just do. So that's okay. We don't have a fear problem, thank God. So we must not neglect this grace. What I see now is Christ and Mickey and Aaron. What I need to see is Christ in me. What I see now is how they walk in it. What I need to see is how I might walk in it. I choose growth over envy and faith over fear. If you agree with that, can you say amen? Amen. Yes, it makes it a lot easier for us to share with you what we have. Um, So I'm going to give you a little bit of intro. There's some themes that we recognized over this trip, and I have a secret to tell you that I've uh, finally come into agreement with, and that is, I don't always know why we go on trips. I do not know. And I think it's better that we just talk about that because we have trips that have already happened and trips that are coming up, short-term mission trips, and what we hear is a yes from the Lord. And we can kind of determine that there's some things that the Lord wants to do or maybe there's a, a, a theme that we're seeing and recognizing. But it would not be faith if we knew everything that God was doing. And so oftentimes we don't really know or could recognize why we're there until we're there. So, uh, one of the terms that got coined this um, couple weeks that we were away was mid air believers. And that is that you are mid air in your step. And if the Lord doesn't come through with something underneath your feet, you're kind of stuck. And so, faith is that. It is this mid-air moment of, Lord, if, here we go, right? There's no, there's no other place. And there's one point, if I can hold my foot like this, but if I go too much further, I'm going to either fall or land somewhere. And that is the, the definition of faith, is this mid-air believers. And I think that all of our senses are attuned to the things of the gospel, and we start to recognize the scripture in our own life when we live that way. I can't tell you that there's any other place in my life that I have felt such the power and presence of the Lord than either when I'm locally or globally living a life like that. That is so risky that I think, Lord, if you don't come through, I mean, I don't know what will happen. I'll die or someone will die or some, you know, will be homeless. I don't know. All the things of if you don't come through in this way, we're lost. And he's like, there you go. The poverty, you found it. You are lost and completely empty without me. And there we land together. We're going to be here a minute. (laughs) Okay, so we're mid-air believers. So some of the themes that came up for us was resourcefulness. You're going to hear this over and over. God's full of surprises... And we had no expectations going into this because we didn't plan any of it. And the itinerary we got was pretty funny, actually. I was like, I don't even know what these words mean, but here we go. (laughs) Is this a place? Is this a person? I don't know. We just sort of showed up every day at the wonder of God, and it was so much fun like children. We found the unity of Christ, a movement of the Spirit that's echoing around the world. I can't tell you how beautiful that is to be sitting in a room with some of you, and then be taken and put in, you know, 10,000 miles away, and the same spirit that's speaking what he's speaking here, he's speaking there. It's uh, unbelievable. So he felt the unity of the spirit around the world. We saw God's faithfulness because of people who were obedient to his voice, all those mid-air believers. I want to thank you first, a um, couple thank yous. My kids, well done. You made it. The very first thing I said to Cece when we cried and hugged and I came home was you did it. She's eight. That's a hard thing to have your mom gone for two weeks, but she did it. Um, and my big girls were awesome. And they're right in the between, smack dab in between their birthdays. So happy birthday Ella, happy birthday Myla. Made it back in time. We did it also. Well done. Um, no delays, just like we prayed for. Um, and thank you to all of you who prayed for our kids even this morning. I was moved to tears by your prayers for our family. I thank you so much. We felt every single one of them raising us up. And to John and Lisa Ward, we would not be, we would not have been able to go had you not sat where you sat all those years with Ken. And gone to Uganda eight, nine, ten times, something like that, John. Um, so the everything that we're talking about today is a result of them being here. There, yes. I know we sit in church sometimes and go, "What do I bring?" Sometimes we don't know for a year and a half what it is that God's going to do because of your faithful yes to the Lord here in this place. So thank you so much uh, for that. So we've got the first, we're going to give you a little, you want to take a trip with us. We're going to go to South Africa. Woo! Yes, this is this, we were in the southern loop of Africa. So we're going to talk about some countries that is sort of like the book of Habakkuk, which is not real, but if you kind of merge some words sometimes, you're like, is that in the Bible, or is it not? Habakkuk is not in the Bible, it's a made-up word, um, similar to Namibia, but is actually a true country, and I did not know that until we were on the border of Namibia, and I was like, oh, it's a real place, it's not a made-up country, it sounds like it should be in Africa, so there we go. <laughs> did you get it? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, So we're going to start in 2 Timothy 4 5, which says, As for you, always be sober minded. (laughs) I don't have this one written in my notes. (laughs) Be sober and sober minded. Endure suffering and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Say, That's me. That's my call. That wasn't just to the evangelists. It was to all people to do the work of the evangelist, to endure suffering, to be sober-minded, so be aware of the work that God is calling you to do, and do it. Fulfill the ministry calling that God has placed in your life. So that's why we went. All right, and now, yes, there is a Nigeria connection here. Are you ready? We're not quite to that one yet. But I want to tell you why we went. So we were doing the work of an evangelist, but four years ago, I was sitting and in, in having to say goodbye to a place that I, I had never felt more alive, which is in Nigeria, with our beloved Pastor Praise, who we've had um, ministry partner, partnership with for over 20 years. Her and her husband uh, took us to the furthest corners of the Niger Delta, and we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ alongside Pastor Chuck and Jill and when it was time our last day to go I had to call my mom and say I don't know how I can leave could you just send my kids and she asked me did the Lord tell you to stay and I said no and she said then come home so I was a little bit upset I'm not gonna lie I was didn't understand why God had me come back here but it turns out that he had a great plan over those last four years that I wouldn't see the connection to or the answer to the prayers for that region until we were on soil in Africa. So for there's limited resources where Pastor Praise is um, in Nigeria. And her husband died several years ago right after we came home. Um, a beloved friend of ours who died during that COVID timeframe. Uh, and, and she was voted in as lead pastor there and we've been praying for her. And I want you to know that when I talked to her when we were in Africa, she said, I would not have survived without overflow. During that time, she would not have survived without the giftings and the prayers and the resources and the, and the treasure that you all, that we, had given her. She would not have survived, she said. She doesn't exaggerate. So that was a true statement. I wanted to convey that to you because she has been waiting um, for this opportunity. We have been praying to find resources that are beyond the scope of our church and, and where we're limited to bring to her. And I've been praying for that and praying for that. And so here we are, now connection with Africa for Jesus and call to Africa means that we have um, an an availability of resources that we wouldn't otherwise have that we can bring to her because their desire and vision and strategy is for the entire continent. So when Pastor Chuck goes in April to teach, she will be among those pastors that are going to be taught. And let me tell you how cool this is. Yes, please clap because... What that means is the visa for her is far easier to get from one African country to another. And what it means for her is the cost of her flight is about a third of what it would cost to bring her here. And she gets to go back quickly and start to share this information, but she also has a school that she runs for elementary and secondary teachers. That, by the way, was provided for her. By the gifts of the church here and some of the churches in this region. So there's already a building for her that when she goes back, she can bring all of her 20 pastors that she covers and then some and start to teach this curriculum to them right away. She has it in her hands and ready to go. Can you believe that? But not only that, all of these resources that are coming that are available to her will be uh, people that know how to drill wells. For the areas that are, are that need wells, medical um, provisions, and food provisions, and gospel preachers, and th- more people moving into that region, because right now the Fulani are moving further and further south and west, and encroaching on the Christians that are living there. So it's getting more dangerous there. It's harder to bring teams there, which is also a very cool connection for us. Go ahead now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, and, and Pastor Praise has been discipling, and what she would do is bring two or three out of the villages to her house, disciple them for a year or two, and then send them back. So by having this school and this uh, discipleship school, it's just going to be an exponential um, uh, equipping and education for the pastor. So that's exciting. Yeah. All right, I'm going to come over here so I can see. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, so this is all our flights. We had eight flights there and back. We started in Tampa. We went to Atlanta and then from Atlanta all the way to Johannesburg. They call it Joburg for short. That was about 16 hours. And then from Joburg, we went to Livingstone, Zambia. That's where Victoria Falls is. And then we drove from Livingston to Kasani, Botswana um, with a bridge crossing. We'll show you that. And then back from Botswana to Livingston, Livingston, um, to back to Joburg, and then Joburg to Kimberly. Now, Kimberly is in South Africa. They're famous for a big hole.
1: I don't even know what is so cool about that, but he was very excited about the...
0: More, more to that, more, more, more on that coming soon. And then uh, Kimberly back to Joburg, and Joburg back to Atlanta, and Atlanta back to Tampa. So a total of almost 20,000 air miles. Yeah! Um, so the first stop is in Zambia. That's really where we were able to, to get on the ground and see what's going on. You can go to the next slide there with the photos. Okay. Lots of fun things in Zambia. So the uh, first place is, I'm going to tell you about is called Samba Land, or Sambaland Sambaland. And Justin Samba, he's the man right here in the middle. He has a 50-acre farm that was given to him. Uh, right before his father passed away, and he is using that farm for amazing things. It was just um, kind of a desert-looking area. Um, some trees growing. You could see uh, the picture on the bottom. This is on uh, Samba Land. So you see there's just like some some random trees but not a lot of cultivating. But what he has done is over the last 20 years, he has taken what God has given him, which he started with a, a six-foot-by-six-foot six plot and started gardening. And he would grow tomatoes or some kind of vegetables or potatoes. And then he would invite some of the kids in the neighborhood that didn't have enough food to eat, and he would just give them a little, a little package to take home. And he used this feeding program to spread the gospel. He says, I'm doing this for Jesus. Jesus told him exactly what to do. Um, These are some some more pictures here, so you can see his farming uh, procedure. He learned to farm uh, by farming God's way or growing God's way. And in this way, they use the resources that are already on the land. Um, So things like drip irrigation, uh, they use leaves for mulch, compost, just really using the way that God has designed plants and farming and being smart and planning ahead to try to increase um, the yield of his farm. And so as he gets pigs and goats and chickens, anything extra, he shares with the community. He also um, has a soccer field um, on property. He has uh, a fish pond, which I thought was really cool, where he gets little fingerling fish, and he raises them up. And whenever they get uh, big enough, he sells them or he um, shares them with the community. So he is doing what he has, his resources, everything he can do there. So we were able to, um, if you go to the next slide, we were able to uh, minister uh, very similar to uh, our VBS style where we have um, been able to share the gospel with our T-shirt example. Many of you guys have seen that. So we were able to, to share that with 94 children under a tent that's that's up at that, t- that top picture there, 94 children, and we shared the gospel story, and 40, a little over 40 of them raised their hand to give their life to Jesus, so. Now, a lot of the little ones, you know, the two- and three-year-olds, they all raised their hand, too, because the they love rings in their hands. So we asked, you know, the, it was the t- mainly the teenagers or the uh, older kids in the back. We asked, you know, is this something that do they really understand um, what we're sharing? And what they did is, after we shared the message, they brought a the, uh, couple volunteer kids up to re say what the message was about. So that was a really cool, yeah. a really cool thing to to see. Um, after the VBS, we got to minister to the elderly. So the elderly is very, very um, strong on Justin Samba's heart. He knows that they in Zambia they are they have a small house and they do get some some medical care, but they, without having means of income, they don't have very much food to eat. And so, when Justin comes and, and brings a little bit of food to them and prays with them, this is a big, big deal to the elderly. And so Justin is known in the community for helping children and also helping the elderly. And so we were able to um, bring them some food, some cabbage you'll see in the video. And do you want to Mm-hmm.
1: We had, um, it was rare for them all to be gathered in one place. Typically, Justin and his wife will go door to door, house to house to visit them, to pray for them, to um, to really disciple them, because many of them have not, they've only gotten a little bit of the gospel. So having them all in one place where where we could hold their hand and greet them and was just unbelievable. And I'm convinced that this is, where Jesus would have spent his time. Because it wasn't just the elderly, it was also the disabled that came and were brought in their mom's arms. And so we got to pray for um, a young boy who was 13. He looked like he was about six. He was lame. One who had clubbed hands. And the mom said, please pray for her. Um, Another woman that um, she had a gash, a stick had gone right through, split her leg completely open almost to the bone. And she lifted up her skirt. And I, I thought, I don't, I'm not equipped for this. Can I be honest with you? I'm not equipped for this. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, you're not. I am. Just pray for her. So we just prayed. And I, boy, did I want to see a miracle of her leg closing and all of that stuff that was in there draining and all of that. But I, I didn't that day. And I don't know why. God didn't choose to heal her in that moment, and that's okay. I don't, I don't get to know why. I don't have the luxury of that. Um, none of us do. We just continue to pray and walk in faith because God did heal people while we were there, and he healed people here while we were there. He's just in the habit of healing, and that day, I don't know why we didn't see it in that moment, but I'm trusting that he's going to be faithful to provide and heal for her. Um, so we just got to pray and, and let our hearts break, and that's really what, what I think missions work is about, that you're, you're toe-to-toe, face-to-face, eye-to-eye with people in their suffering of all kinds, whether it was our teammates, our leader, or the person that we were going there to minister to, their suffering was right in front of us. What are we going to do as we as we see them? What are we going to say yes to? What are we going to agree with heaven about? Um, and so we just let our heart break for the things that we have no control over, but we're waiting on the Lord to complete and do in His timing. Um, so it was really one of my one of my favorite days because the joy and the hope that's instilled because of the gospel is really unlike anything else. There is nothing. There is nothing. Um, quite like the hope of the gospel. There just isn't.
0: Mm. Yes. All right, next slide. Okay, here's some more of us in Zambia. Um, We also got to, uh, on the bottom left picture here, this was a a children's home, very similar to... Uh, you know, what you would probably think of in your head where they have dorms and a kitchen and a school, everything on property. So we got to um, see that one. That one was started by a German couple and it's really cool just to see how all different parts of the world are um, uh, just really helping out in Zambia. Another interesting thing we got to do in Zambia was we got to be on the radio. Yeah. The revival hour. On ninety point one, and it was the craziest thing. We had no idea this was happening. Our leader said, "Oh, you have a a radio spot six to seven tonight, so just go there." Cool. So we got to go, and the um, the uh, uh, hosts there fed us the questions, and we answered them. And I remember what some of them were, and I I think I answered okay. And some we did we did all right, right? We did great for my first radio gig. I thought it was pretty. (laughs) We did. Pretty good. He said whenever he we, if we come back, we are we're invited back. So yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's a good thing. And then um, on one of the days we also got to go to Victoria Falls. Bam. It's one so, of the seven
1: wonders of the world. Who yeah, knew? one of the seven I natural wonders of
0: the world. During the rainy season, so when Chuck goes in April, um, these falls will be totally filled where you won't even be able to take a picture of the waterfall because there's so much water coming over. Where you walk, you'll just get totally drenched. And so, what's been really neat um, on this trip is we got a, a, like Aaron said, a few little nuggets of uh, we got to enjoy the country. We got to enjoy the sights. Where you know me and Aaron, we like to work, and whenever we go to Dominican or Haiti, it's like work, 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 church, church, party with the kids. You're gone. Not a lot, not a lot of sightseeing happening. So, but this was very close. It was only like 20 minute drive and. So we were able to to see this and walk down um, to the bottom. And then the next day, we got to go to Botswana. Also,
1: at Victoria Falls, it was our first encounter with animals from Africa. So we got to the park, which is a national park, and there was baboons everywhere, running free. And so that was cool-ish, if you like baboons. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer people. So I just sort of was cool uh, and he took pictures. I couldn't even do that. No thanks. No thanks. It was fine.
0: <laughs> so um, remember what Aaron was talking about. Uh, the main part of their call to Africa is to, to get connections for the discipleship school. So this was um, a trip with our team not, not exactly a vetting, but also, yes, kind of like a vetting for Pastor Mike. And, and Pastor Mike, um, driving from Zambia to Botswana, he met us at the border. And whenever you go across the border, you have to drive your car through this disinfectant. So the tires, because they have hoof and mouth disease, and so you, they don't want that getting into the animals. Um, and so you, you drive that and then you get out of your car. Everybody has to get out of their car. And then they put their feet on this disinfecting mat. Everybody gets out, stomps their feet, and then right back in the car. And so everybody has to do that at the border. He met us at the border and took us back to his house. Now he has, he's a vocational pastor. He has his house in the back. In the middle, he built a church Over the last eight years, just using what he's had—so you know, um, sticks or posts or whatever he has lying around—to make a church, and then in the front he runs his business. He is um, works in the tourism industry in Botswana. This town that we were in, almost everybody is employed either directly or indirectly uh, with some part of tourism, and he uh, helps the um, safari jeeps. You know what I'm talking about. The typical safari jeeps, he makes sure that he makes sure that those are up and running and that if anybody is on a safari, maybe like an overnight safari and they need something that he makes sure they're well taken care of. So we got to hear his story and while we were there, he had five pastors or wannabe pastors or wannabe youth pastors sit there with us and they said they can't wait for the past. They are hungry for any kind of education material, any kind of just help to... They just want to learn. They're willing. They just need somebody to come along beside them. So that is um, a really cool thing with Pastor Mike.
1: Yeah, so as we sat there, um, this is kind of the work of Call to Africa is to go in, preach the gospel, find the pastors that, could, that are local so that they can help to distribute the gospel um, so that Americans don't have to be in all of those places, right? So they they utilize us where they can, and as we went and checked in with Pastor Mike, when we woke up that morning, our leader, Ken, said, hey, we're going to take a boat ride today, and I was like, cool, we took a lot of those in Nigeria, we're going to go and spread the gospel all these places. We didn't know when we showed up with Pastor Mike that he, he helps run a safari tour company, so he said, okay, I have... Got in a boat for you, and he took us out, and we went on a safari boat ride. Like, I did not know <laughs> that we would get this opportunity. So we had elephants so close to us, I cried. I like them a lot more than baboons. <laughs> and, and we took this boat ride. We got to share the, the gospel with our, with our guide that was with us. These were the friends that we hung out with for five days. Um, Justin, Pastor Chulu, and Clarissa, Justin's uh, wife. And that's a, a giant crocodile that must have just eaten because he didn't move. And then we got to ride back across the border from Botswana to Zambia on an open air Jeep. Uh, with, and monkeys crossed the road while we were I was like, what is that? Where am I? This is so cool. So we just had the best time seeing that and that was just a gift of the Lord um, and watching his creation watching water buffalo migrate across the river um, it was yeah I feel like I was in a VeggieTales uh, silly song so we kept seeing that and there is Namibia so the it's a not it's a real country um, and there, the river borders Botswana there and Namibia so that's kind of right where we were um, on our on our tour on our African safari, our kids said, did you guys just go on vacation? Like, what's happening? (laughs) We didn't, we were uh, a missionary.
0: (laughs) So what's really great about this is, um, as we were able to see the infrastructure there is set up well to bring teams. Um, In Nigeria, it's just not not an easy thing to bring really more than, than four people, and so here they have hotels they have restaurants it's easy to get food it's easy to it's long but it's easy to fly in and so um the opportunity is great
1: yeah for longer term yeah okay we're you're still with us you're still on safari with us all right um as we left uh Zambia, a couple other things we learned that it's such a different life and culture and we had the best time. We had a, a pastor friend come over from Zimbabwe who's also a part of call to Africa and receiving the path curriculum to be able to share it. And she is a lead pastor of her church. Her name is pastor Edda. She has a, a, a daughter. Her third child was a, a surprise. Her name is Shekinah, which she was so cute. Um, she kind of hung out with us the whole time and, um, and anyway, we we were able to minister together as pastor. I said she kinda, didn't I? I didn't even mean to. She kinda hung out with, she kinda hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys, yeah. So she did hang out with us, and um, she was so beautiful. And Pastor Edna and I could just exchange some really great um, women in leadership kind of things that she was really aching for. It was such a beautiful opportunity. Uh, for that and so as we left Zambia we also heard a funny story that I would just love to share with you because it's so foreign to us that um, the elephants just roam around and in fact we saw zebras grazing on the land uh, in somebody's front yard when as we were driving by we were like were those real zebras they're like is that a real question? Yeah, those are like real zebras. And, um, and so one of our friends was talking about the elephants, and they really kind of run through. They're kind of a menace through the towns. They just knock everything over, as you can imagine. And they have these breweries where uh, they, they brew their beer outside. So they have these 50-gallon drums. And if you don't know, elephants look for water source all the time. So these elephants would come and drink an entire, one elephant, an entire drum of freshly brewed beer, (laughs) and they said, they just, all the pack will leave them, and they just stand there for a day or so because they're drunk, and so... I'm sorry, children, if you need to ask your family about what I just explained, but, um, but they, yeah, but being sober-minded as Second Timothy, That's right. Second, this is it, you guys. Okay, so, um, so those are just some fun perk stories that we got to hear that we wouldn't have otherwise uh, just had the opportunity to hear. So it was really fun. Isn't that great?
0: So whenever we're mentioning these different countries, each one has a different economic situation right now. Each one was affected differently by uh, colonialism. And so even though we were hopping around each country, each one has a different set of challenges, um, freedoms, one going back and forth, the border, those kinds of things. So um, Africa is quite a variety
1: yeah very vast yes. as we were leaving um zambia and flying back we were at the airport in livingston and we're we're it's just a very small regional airport and um you have to go out to the tarmac for the one plane that comes in to take you out so if you miss that you're you're there for the day so we're circling and looking at the few little shops and mickey went in looking for a hat and uh, mzungu is the term for white people so we would go into a place, there was a lot of people on Safari, so we would say, Don't give us the Mizungu price. We're missionaries. We're not here on vacation, even though we did take a safari tour. We are here as missionaries. And so this this gentleman who is sitting there, he goes, Missionaries of what? And we said, Oh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, Jesus, Jesus, I keep hearing this name. Who is this Jesus? Here I go. Let me tell you who this Jesus is. I about came out of my skin. I was like, we're not here for a hat. We're here for you. This is what we're doing. So we had this time before our flight was ready to go. And man, we had the best time talking to him. Mickey gave him his Bible. We told him where to start reading. He wasn't quite ready to put his faith in Jesus Christ. But he said, People keep coming to me and telling me about this Jesus, these prophets that come in and they want money from me. And they want to give me a word because we said, can we pray for you? And he said, why would your God listen to me? Why would he listen to you for me? So we got to share who Jesus is, how he created every person. And he said, you mean he created the people that don't believe in him? And we said, yes. And then he said, how do I know who a real Christian is? And we said, they come in low. We came to give you something, not to take something from you. Somebody that comes in and is trying to take something from you isn't a true messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I want you to know, my friend, is the hope that we have found. We got to give them our testimony. And then one of our friends who was uh, about 65 years old, you're going to see a video of her. She was the cutest Thing ever. She's my favorite. She's from Alabama. I got some Alabama people. All your friends from Huntsville were with us on our trip, so um, we were. She was there, and she got lost in this little circle airport. So she found the police officer <laughs> and uh, another shopkeeper, and brought them to us as we're sharing the gospel with this gentleman. And he was so close, you guys. Like I'm believing he's gonna come to faith. And these two men are standing there, and I thought, I didn't know why they were there. I thought this police officer was going to be like, stop talking about Jesus, get out of here, you're interrupting this commerce, whatever. And instead, he started quoting scripture, and he has, like, his his police officer baton, and he was like, you need to believe. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And so he said, he takes us to the side after the, the gentleman let us pray for him, and he goes we've been asking him to come to Bible study with us. So these two men, we said, as soon as you start reading the scripture, as soon as you come to believe, these are the men who are going to disciple you, and they're going to be with you now. Go to church with them, be with you the whole time. Like These are the guys that God has provided to walk you through this, because we're about to head on a plane, but God's provision is beyond us. Isn't that amazing? So he was just one of the. Who is this Jesus? So I'm like, Woo! ready for this! You're why we came. Get so excited! Yeah, so we got in a plane, then we left, <laughs> and we went to. Uh, we were we started our second leg, which was in South Africa, um, in in Kimberley. So, there we go. Okay. To Kimberly. we're almost done.
0: Okay, so this is the Africa for Jesus and called to Africa. So can you see the red dots on there? This is what they had um, planned for their discipleship schools. And if you look, Nigeria is way up here on the left. Do you see any red dots? Not yet. Yeah. Woo. So that's where we fit in on there. And then also we have a friend in Liberia, which isn't even on this, this map. It's a little bit around the corner. And so just seeing those connections um, come. But we have a video we want to show you. Not until the end. It, the call to Africa.
1: The yeah, end. this one, actually, if we could explain a little bit more. Africa oh. for Jesus and call to Africa. Um, I, I, ha, I called an audible. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, Africa for Jesus and Call to Africa, this part of the trip was really about us celebrating and getting to see what these two partnerships mean for the continent. So Africa for Jesus is a discipleship ministry where we focus on running and opening up sustainable discipleship schools within South Africa, Africa, and the rest of the world. Doesn't it sound a little bit like Brandon, the Bay, Beyond? Um, And then Call to Africa, which was the first leg of our trip, was connecting partners for community transformation between USA and Africa. So you see the twofold. The Call to Africa goes in, preaches the gospel, finds the indigenous pastors, and says, okay, we've got a way to disciple you, educate you, and bring the gospel deeper and further. So that's kind of the way that they go. Coming together was the PATH curriculum, where these two things merged together and created. That's what Pastor Chuck and I got to be a part of to create the actual curriculum to be able to do this. So we had a banquet next to the the cool big hole uh, that (laughs) that was the backdrop for this celebration banquet. So I think we have a a slide for that. Yep, and there's the curriculum where we were, and we're standing in front of the big hole.
0: (laughs) The big hole is the largest, (laughs) deepest, hand-dug mine so it was a diamond mine that they um dug by hand not with track not so with cool. machines yeah
1: yeah by hand and then um that's some of the the curriculum there we can go to the next one so that was the banquet we got to minister there this is the africa for jesus so that was our our window view from our window of our room we actually stayed on the base camp in andre who's the director in his home with his family which was great their kids are about our same age so we got to love on them and a puppy wandered onto their i don't know how it got through the electrical fence (laughs) but it did and there it was he was so cute um she it was a she and so the base camp right there they have built all this in the last eight years with the school of discipleship students that are there some of these students come and they're from church backgrounds they have You know, not a lot of trauma. And some of them have the deepest trauma that I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard some things. And so they're all on that same property. They learn life skills. They learn building trades. But they also, in the morning, they learn and are are students of the gospel and of the discipleship. And they spend 10 months there. And so we got to meet with them. We got to teach a couple sessions. Um, They're gonna have pastors come when Chuck comes in April on campus, Pastor Praise will be staying on campus um, and they'll do a three week shorter uh, opportunity there for them to just be immersed in the curriculum. So it was really cool, you can't quite see the chapel, that was the newest building that they had built but I think we've got a picture of that coming as well. It's in the middle of nowhere, like kilometers and kilometers. Ken uh, there is our leader. That's just in Samba, and this was the chapel dedication. Uh, it was—it's an open air, so the sides are completely open, um, and it was a very cold morning because it's—it's just the end of winter there, and um, and so it's just all open air, really beautiful, very simple. Everything is uh, just using what they have, but all the dogs came. Like as we were walking to church that morning, like the, just the dogs were all there and. Um, kids, everybody walking from all over the place. And, um, and then there was some, what was it, Gazelle or Springbok in the back. Just all, it was just beautiful uh, to be a part of that, those 200 people dedicating the chapel there. I think we have another, another slide. And then we got to spend some time. This was teaching uh, the morning before we left. We also did some gardening to help uh, with Justin just to get their garden back up. They're growing some cabbage there and some spinach. Um, which is gonna help feed. They also have a gaming, across the across the uh, next property over, they, they have like a, a gaming hunt, something like that, where they, uh, it's a sustainable gaming thing where you can go and hunt animals um, for, uh, and the meat goes to provide for the students. So it's a pretty cool um, opportunity. Somebody from our team went and did that, and. That's, yeah, I won't tell you. I won't tell you anymore. <laughs> hm. A zebra. I know. That's how I felt. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to say it.
0: But they were raised. This is like a farm yeah. where they raise the animals just for this.
1: Yeah. It wasn't the ones that were grazing in the person's yard. Did you I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they didn't want to tell us.
1: All right. Almost done here. So the Sunday, uh, so a- after we taught, I got to share the testimony and spe- kept, uh a couple hours with the students, which was really one of my favorite moments of just speaking life into them. And, uh, and in the afternoon, they came and they were sharing some of their stories with me as we walked through. Um, one guy, they do everything by fire, no, no stoves or anything. So he was like, I want to make a pot of coffee. So we had to build a fire to make a pot of coffee. And as we just built a fire, he was sharing his story of addiction with me and um, just how God was coming through for him. I got to pray. And then another woman um, who had just the worst 25 years I've ever heard of her short life. But she, we sat in the chapel as she talked about how the Lord was bringing her out. And what was so beautiful is she, she told the story of how she had been beaten, um, how, how some, some really traumatizing things had happened to her. And I just got to hold her as a mom and rub her back for a long time and share how beautiful she is, how the Lord loves her and has so loved her that he called her out of that darkness. And as he gave her strength to escape her captor, he gave her a song. Some of the lyrics were so beautiful, and she had the most beautiful voice. Uh, And she just sang in the chapel, and I felt really honored that she would share that moment with me. But I got to as she trusted me with parts of her story, I just got to remind her that Jesus had been beaten too, that he recognized the same suffering that she had gone through, that he had been naked too, that he had been abused, that people wanted to take his life too. And she said, you know, it's only been this last few months that I've actually been able to cry. She said, I couldn't cry for over 10 years. So what the Lord is doing and how he's healing her is a result of her getting to this school. They have trauma, like a very similar ministry to LL that comes in and helps these students go through um, restoration. So it was really like I got taken out of this place and put right in there. And it was all the same skill development, all the same work that we're doing here. What we're passionate about was happening right there. Um, So that was really kind of an an amazing moment. And now we'll show you the video. Okay. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, I think we got that video there. We're
2: standing in front of the chapel, and um, this was the dedication of the chapel. That's what today was about. It is the answer to prayer, a dream, a vision that God has made into reality. But it is the beginning of something phenomenal, for our two ministries, Africa for Jesus and Call to Africa and the partnership that the Lord has brought about between these two ministries. Yeah, and then even beginning tomorrow in the next couple of days, we're going to be laying our plans out on the board. And so what we need is your prayers and your support. If you would just please pray for us because as we begin to prepare for the launch of the path in April of 2024, We'll be looking at nine nations, 22 schools of discipleship, which we will try to launch. And so we're not only recruiting leaders to come help us teach the materials. Our goal is to take the path, our our curriculum that has been surrounded by the DNA of Africa for Jesus School of Discipleship, and we're going to teach leaders in the nations We're going to teach the material to them, and then we're going to teach them how to teach their leaders the material and to raise up disciples through the nations to go after the continent of Africa. It's too big for any one of us, but together, believing the Lord, and with the help of our partners, many of you are already supporting us, and we want to say thank you. We so need your prayers, and we so need your support, and we need some of you, many of you, to come and go with us and we praise the lord while behind us these rocks are crying out this chapel is uh, going to become an established church where people will come from the city out here and they will come and meet with the lord and it'll just be an extension of this ministry we're so excited ah hallelujah hallelujah Amen.
1: isn't that amazing <clears throat> so as we yeah so here's my desire. here's my recommendation after all of this and what you've heard my heart and Pastor Chuck and I have talked and he alluded to that my heart is that uh, as we come up to where our budgets are for the year, as we're looking vision vision wise our partners, we have not added an international partnership in about twenty years. We've had Haiti uh, ambassadors of children ambassadors of Jesus um, in Haiti, and that extends to the Dominican, so it's the same umbrella, even though it's two different countries, and we've had Nigeria. But in January, when I was praying about what, Lord, are you calling for missions, what are you doing this year in missions for Overflow Church, he said, all nations, and I laughed like Sarah when, she said, when he said, you're going to have a baby this time next year, I laughed. And I laughed for about a month. I couldn't even tell anybody. All nations feels a little much, right? It feels like a midair belief. And I let the Lord, this is in the midst of, of uh, Pastor Ruth having her stroke and just sitting in that place. And he said, I'm pursuing you with my love. Would you listen to me? Isn't it your heart for this? It's like, I don't know how you're going to do that. But about a month later... I started to believe, as he confirmed over and over through different people what he was saying. And a month later was February, and that was when we got a call that Ken and Andre were gonna be in town in March. I wasn't even here, but then they came back. uh, And then there they're sitting, And Africa. I didn't even know how many nations there are in the world. Can I be honest with you about that? There's like 200. I was like, oh, I thought there was like a million. I don't know how many there are. But these men are sitting there, and they said, we've been called to take the continent. And do you know how many countries are in the continent of Africa? 54. So here I am, six weeks after I laughed at God, and he's like, if you want to partner right here, there's 54 countries. That's a quarter of all nations. What do you want your legacy to be? We've had a good legacy with Nigeria and with um, Haiti, and I believe that there's something that the Lord wants us to leave for the generation behind us, that missions would not stop around the world, that we would not just be lifestyle missionaries here, but we would go to the ends of the earth for people. I know everybody's not called to go to the unreached people groups like I am, like give me the hardest spot, I want to go into that place. But we are called to go to the furthest corners of the globe. Jesus told us to do that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all of your world and preach the gospel. That's what he's designed us to do. I have one more story before we close. In the middle of the night, Saturday night, there was a bad storm that came. It was the first rains that they've had in like, how long? Nine months. First rains came. Lightning, thunderstorm, all of that, and we had a little bit of, um, the, the moon was out, but it wasn't a, a bright moon at that point, <clears throat> and it was completely covered, and the power went out, so every little flicker of, you know, your phone or anything like that, everything's dead, and I woke up um, from all this travel around the world, and I didn't know where I was, and it was so dark that I could not see the hand in front of my face. And I'm not afraid of very much at all, but in that moment, as Mickey was kind of tossing and turning, I thought I was in the back of a truck and I was being taken somewhere. And I, I mean, I was like Ugh, freaked out and I could not see anything. I couldn't find my phone. I could not reach for him. I was so confused about where I was and I said, where are we? Where are we? And he woke up and he said, we're, we're here. The power went out, it's okay. And he grabbed his phone to turn the light on because i i was completely disoriented and as i calmed down and i was like checking outside and i'm looking around i'm like okay we're safe it took me a minute um i laid back down and as soon as the phone turned off i was like again and so i left it on and it was about two hours until the sun rose and i was just praying and waiting for the sun to rise so that every time I opened my eyes, I would see light. And I was so weirded out by that, because like I said, I don't get freaked out about anything. Who knew I would be afraid of the dark, like I'm a grown person. Um, But as I was thinking about that, the Lord started speaking and putting this burden on my heart for people who are in darkness and the terror of that moment. See, Jesus comes, and in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew, he speaks to us, and he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Don't hide yourselves. You are a light, and there are people who are freaked out in darkness like I was, spiritually freaked out and not knowing where is hope, where is light, What's, what is happening to me? I'm disoriented, and you are the one to tell him who this Jesus is. That's you, and that's me. The final thing was that as I looked this up, Zechariah, when, when um, in Luke 1, Zechariah is prophesying about who John the Baptist would be. I think we have that final slide, Juliana. And he speaks this after he was finally able to write on the tablet a portion of this prayer. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sin because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. We are meant to be like that phone that I had in my hand for those few short hours before Jesus comes to people and then he invades their darkness and it's like bright as noonday, like it is for you and I. Please don't take the light that you have for granted. The people in our city have to know about it. The people around the world have to know about it. And if we don't go, who will? Who will go if we do not go? So just in the same way that we had um, that moment of washing our feet in Botswana, we're going to do the same thing. This almost looks exactly like we had to do to get this stuff off of our feet to be ready to walk into a new territory. We're going to do that same thing. If you feel the Lord calling your heart to go into the world, to obey that command, during this last final moment, we're going to invite you to, to put your feet in a new place as an activation of faith, as an activation of a new burden to be sent by God. And remember, we're not coming back so that you look like Mickey and I. We don't need another Mickey and I. We need a you. We need a Christ in you, the hope of glory for this region and for around the world.